Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Jesus Christ is the glory of God, as St. James says in his epistle, chapter 2. St. John speaks of Christ when he says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then we heard today in our epistle, St. Peter saying of Christ, We were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. As we heard on Sunday, so we hear again tonight, that Jesus is the glory of God revealed in flesh and blood. And you behold the glory of God today as Christ comes into your presence through his word and with his sacrament. The glory of God in Hebrew is the Shekinah Adonai, the presence of God indicated by clouds and fire and wind and smoke. See Exodus 24, or Psalm 97, as we sang. He is the devouring fire and thunderclaps upon Mount Sinai. Now, these phenomena on Sinai were meant to keep the people from coming near the presence of God, lest his wrath over their sin consume them. But they also indicated a greater presence that is manifest in the cosmos and the heavens, in the day and the night, and from the ends of the world. Psalm 19. Glory, that word glory, is a technical word that indicates the presence of God in the world. Now under the old covenant, to be in the presence of God, that is to behold his glory, was something to be feared. To see God's face was forbidden. He only showed Moses his backside when Moses asked, and the prophet himself was hidden in the cleft of the rock. No one even dare touch the foot of the mountain that the glory resided upon, lest they be destroyed. Only those who had been set apart and sanctified by God as priests were allowed to enter the holy places where God dwelt. The holiest of holies was shrouded, shrouded the glory, I should say, with thick curtains, multiple curtains, as a matter of fact, lest the glory shine through and you see it and die. The people even demanded that the reflection of God's glory in Moses' face be covered, fearing for their life, even as God's reflected glory shone in his face from Sinai and in the tabernacle. Even the tabernacle itself was shrouded by a cloud, lest the glory be seen. 
But that isn't the only meaning of glory. In the ancient world, to have glory meant that you were of high opinion, you were honored, esteemed, that you had done something worth recognizing. Military commanders had glory when they had won many battles. Kings had glory when they won the respect of the people. Something was glorious, even today, when it is valuable, worthy, beautiful. And again, later it took on these other meanings of radiance and splendor, or qualities of worth, of honor and respect. But in the New Testament, that word glory takes on a new and unique meaning. It's the same sense, not of the ancient Greek world, like the military commanders and the kings, but the same sense as the Old Testament word, the Shekinah Adonai. The glory of God was not just a mere honor or some high opinion. The glory of God is the divine nature, power, and radiance shown to people on earth. That is, God's presence. What this means is that when St. John and James and Peter behold the glory of God in Jesus Christ, they are saying, Peter said today, that Jesus is God made flesh. This explains why this combination of their friend and rabbi teacher, Jesus, being transfigured, caused all three to fall on their faces with fear. The combination of Christ and disciples upon a mountain, his face and clothes shining with white brilliance, a cloud descending and a voice from heaven, that sounds familiar. And it can mean only one thing, the glory of God. And Peter, James, and John know the Old Covenant. They still live in that Old Covenant. And for this, they are terrified. Think Moses and the law. Think fire and thunder. Think holy presence that consumes all that is unholy. Think death. But everything changes on that day, on that mountain. A new thing has begun. God's presence... And the fear that it commanded in the old is changed. Now Jesus bears the fullness of God's glory in his flesh and blood. He is true God and also true man in one Christ. Remember, the angels sang out at Christ's birth, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. In a few weeks, we'll hear the crowds on Palm Sunday sing, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. That's not the kind of glory that terrifies you. This is the glory of good news, of sins forgiven. Jesus is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah chapter 40, where he said, The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's a new thing. That's not the glory of the old. That is a new kind of glory where all flesh can see it with their eyes together. And yet not everyone recognized the glory that was present in the face of Jesus Christ. 
St. Paul said that we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, a glory that none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, in Jesus, the glory of God usually is hidden from the eyes. But on that day of transfiguration, it was revealed to Peter, James, and John, and to you. But that doesn't mean that God isn't dwelling bodily in Jesus Christ his whole life, that he doesn't bear that divine presence of God each and every day. The glory of God, St. Paul told us in 1 Corinthians, is actually shown most, apparently, in his crucifixion, which ironically was a day of darkness and clouds and the sun being turned uh, to darkness and the moon to blood. All the same sorts of terrifying signs that we saw with Moses on that mountain and all the fear that was attached to them. Thunder, earthquakes, darkness, trembling with fear. But the consuming wrath of God that the people feared they would receive if they saw God's face, face to face, I should say. All that wrath was poured out on the day of the cross upon Jesus. God's wrath towards your sin, your death, and against the devil was all received by his own son. And so Jesus suffered the full brunt of Sinai's penalty for our transgression against Sinai's demands. And having accomplished redemption by his death, he was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, Romans 6. He appeared before the disciples in splendor and radiance on Easter sunrise. And when he ascended into heaven, Paul says that he was received into glory and sits at the right hand of the Father, again, in glory. So maybe that glory word uh, throws you a bit. And it's probably because you're still thinking of God's glory in terms of the old covenant, in terms of Sinai, the face of God that you ought to be terrified of. Many still think of God this way, being shrouded in a thick cloud, being unapproachable, unknowable. And they live their lives in fear, thinking, I can't step foot in a church because God will be like Zeus and strike me dead with a thunderbolt or something. And maybe you're still one of them, or you were one. But that means that the words that the Father spoke in the midst of that cloud, as Jesus was transfigured before them, those are the most important words you could hear tonight. When he said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. And when we listen to what Jesus said on that day, it was these words, arise, that is, Resurrect, and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Be comforted. Be forgiven. And immediately after this event, we didn't read this part, Jesus does turn his face towards Jerusalem, where he will suffer in all his glory, that you would be glorified in him. He has forgiven everything that would keep you from being in the presence of God. All the wrath of God has been meted out upon his Son once and for all. 
And so you are given not only to approach him without terror, but you're actually given to be in Christ's presence, in God's presence, in an even greater way than those three disciples on that day. You've been joined to him through your baptism. And tonight he'll actually give to you his glorious flesh and blood, a food and drink rich in grace and mercy. It's not a terrifying thing. It's a glorious thing, a gloriously good thing. Because now you can approach God and live, not die. You can approach him and stay with him. Actually, he never leaves you. And now, as you'll hear in the benediction at the end, you may see his face and you have his peace. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.